Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me bezzy mate Sarah chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life, for attention. Hello. Hello, Paul Webb. How are you? I'm good. My fingers smell of fish. Are you, oh, God, <laughs> I just saw your sniffy fingers, you little creep. <laughs> what have you had for your tea then? Chicken? Salmon. 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 Uh, from from the had... fishmonger. Whoa, fishmonger. hello, multi-millionaire. I know. Can eight quid for two, what do they call them? Steaks? Fish? Fillet. Fillets. You can tell have I you... didn't go to the fishmonger and didn't pay for it. You come into some money that I need to know about. Well, Michael started his new job today and I think he really thinks he's Rockefeller. (laughs) Oh, shit, I meant to message him. Oh, bad friend. (laughs) Well, tell him now on the podcast and you will listen. I hope it's going well, Michael. (laughs) I hope you've alienated everyone. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, he's just split the fucking bill with us because he's, I've just said that, he's sitting right in front of us. (laughs) You prick. I mean, so obviously hasn't been paid, so. You've had salmon for your tea. How's the rest of your life going? rest of my life is going good. I've been on an all-day Zoom training, so I have an intense nap at the end of the day, which is ridiculous because I didn't even get up early. I was wait- working from home, got up at half eight or something, crawled <laughs> to the desk, a few hours of training, and then I was just... It was really funny because at the end of the day, she's like, how's everyone's energy levels? Do we need a break from the screen? Is everyone all right? And everyone was just sort of not saying anything like, is anyone tired? And I was like, they were like, no, not really. And I was like, <laughs> I keep my eyes open. I was like, please, please don't extend the training. And then she did finish slightly early. So I had to just have a quick cat nap. Lovely. Yeah, but no, fine. It's nice weather. Oh my God, it's gross here. Is it? It's actually quite muggy here, but then I don't want to complain because mm, yeah, that don't means do that. it's hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Well, I've been ill. Oh, great. So yeah, <laughs> that's about it, Bill. I mean, I've actually, I had a few days off work last week, both jobs, obviously. Then on Saturday, I really wanted to go to a Eurovision party. So I forced myself to go to work because I was also working on Saturday. So I forced myself to go in 100% prematurely mm. and could barely do the shift, but was just that my moral compass will not allow me to go to this Eurovision party, but not to work. So Good then idea. I went... I know, I, I'm like a martyr, Anna. Uh, and then or I is it because you worried that someone was going to be at the party who would also be at work? No, that wasn't. That wasn't <laughs> the issue. It was just I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. No. And yeah, I also knew that if any like fit pictures of me were taken, I wouldn't be able to put them online. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, I'm um, yeah, I can't decide whether it was the work that really solidified my illness as long term or the five bottles of Prosecco at <laughs> the Eurovision party. Well, and jury's out. You'd have to do some sort of randomised control trial to really figure it out. So Yeah, exactly. You'll exactly. probably never know. That's that's science, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That is that is pretty much science in, in, a, in a nutshell. That is science in a nutshell. But yeah, yeah, weather is absolutely horrible here. I walked to work today and I was wearing my raincoat, which I know, I know doesn't really suit my brand but you do have to have a raincoat if you live in Scotland 
And what I'd never noticed before was that where the sort of, what's it called, the hem of the raincoat is and so comes in is also where my crotch is. So all of the like the rain was trickling mm. down my body and collecting um, at my crotch. So I've had a damp crotch all day, which is really nice. Really so special. For the right reasons, it's all right. But Well, exactly, Paul. But what I'm getting at here is that it was not for the right reasons. Mm. And then my manager said to me, oh, you know, I wouldn't have blamed you if you didn't come in today. I was like, eh? She said, because you had a wet crotch? Well, ah. just because it was rain. I was like... So I didn't realise that that was a thing. It's that, I, that, that's how we live our lives now. Well, no, someone needs to clue me up on these working from home tricks. Well, nobody and then knows. I, yeah, that's true. It's my friend's birthday, so I met him for lunch and had pasta, and then I've just come home and had pasta for my tea. So all Ooh. in all, good day. <laughs> Double pasta. You know how much I like pasta after last week's episode. Do you want to tell the <laughs> listeners the night terror that you had just woke up in a cold sweat and like every night I like to wake up at around 2 a.m and just panic uncontrollably about some element of my life and that night's flavor was why the fuck did me import an off-menu podcast I was like who do we think we nobody gives a shit what we have eaten what we would choose to eat or like about my mum's ex-boyfriend's mum <laughs> and yeah I just had a real real meltdown and then I FaceTimed Paul to calm calm myself down and you were calm at first you were like well it was funny and then after a while you were like hang on shut up because it's gonna I know like- the thing is with the thing about this podcast that we're doing is there's only one option and that's to a thousand percent believe in our own delusion yes as soon as you think for a second about how narcissistic this is (laughs) it really starts to grate on you so I choose because I want to keep doing it because I like it I choose to be delusional and the best housewives are delusional so it's not it's not always a terrible quality yeah I think if as long as we believe that we are as important as mm-hmm. we make out we are on this podcast then yeah and in this moment i do isn't Everyone that how celebrity works yeah it uh, is talking of which should we talk about the book yeah let's friggin' talk about the book you know so this week's book is the audacity by Catherine ryan Catherine ryan canadian born now london-based uk-based comedian who has been on the circuit let's think when in the book for probably about 15 years now and a comedy career kind of really took off in the UK after she moved to London to be with a baby's dad a first baby's dad that didn't work out but I kid actually I was listening to a podcast today and Violet's now got uh, a weird American twang or like does North she? American twang yeah she does the er like four. Oh, because yeah. that was one of her that was one of Catherine Ryan's bits wasn't it that she yeah. had this really posh English woman in her house yeah yeah I, I got a shock I didn't realize it was her anyway so yes that's what she, that's who she is and she's written this book called The Audacity which is kind of about how she believes that in life you should be audacious you shouldn't apologize too much for things especially as women and especially as women in comedy people are held to a high standard a latest not a high standard well, actually, definitely high standard, but more to the point, a totally different standard to men. And she makes this point quite a lot in our comedy and in our interviews and in the book. Our latest thing is that I went to see a Palladium show and it was absolutely 
hilarious I loved it it's my favorite show of hers that I've seen including like the tv ones I think she's just getting Uh better with age you know and she had got a review in the Guardian like a four-star really positive review but that said a softer side of Catherine Ryan and she hates being called soft she's like why are you comparing why are you using adjectives that you'd use for a duvet set or toilet paper like (laughs) why am I why does why is that a positive thing that I'm more soft what does that even mean so mm-hmm. I guess and would you ever say that about would you man? ever say that about Frankie Boyle yeah so she's she's this is what she is she wants to be audacious she doesn't want to be soft and she's not soft so anyway she's written this book which is basically a memoir uh it's not necessarily in chronological order but she has different chapters like how to nearly be in a music video which potentially was my favorite chapter that was uh, <laughs> how to get plastic surgery how to cut off your problematic aunt. So yeah, that's the book. And what we're drinking is night wine, which in Catherine Ryan vernacular means red wine. And the red (laughs) wine I chose is a Portuguese red wine called Porto, which has a really cute picture on the front. Sarah, dare I fucking ask if you've got a glass of that with you? Paul, I do. Oh my God, really? (laughs) I fucking do. I've got the exact wine. Oh my God, you absolute ledge. I know. I think this is a podcast first. It is. You've got the drink. I've got the drink. Oh, cheers to that. Cheers. Clink. What do you think of it? It's delicious. Because I'm not huge on red wine. I mean, I like, I'll drink it. I'll drink it if there's nothing else. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it just makes me sleepy. Whereas yeah. white wine is like pouring petrol onto a fire. Yeah. Red wine is, yeah, but this actually is giving me white wine vibes. Mm. I wonder if I mean? it's because we've got older. Does No, I know. Although, no, actually, after reading The Audacity, it's fine. I'm quite looking forward to my 30s. Just well, I'm in them. You are, yeah. And I'm fine with it. My friend, uh, I've had friends that. who've had, like, existential crises when they turn 30. And obviously, it's yeah. an arbitrary thing because we've defined age in decades, but you know, I get it. It's a bit, a bit freaky, but I've, I seem to have been all right. Maybe 40 will be my one. Yeah, I don't I don't think I'm that bothered about 30. No, 30's uh, fit. Although, yeah, sorry, 30. I just got a surge of excitement about my 40th birthday party. How good is that going to be? Cool. Why are you thinking about that? You should be thinking about my 30th first. Uh, well, I'll turn um, 40 before you turn 30. Yeah, no, and 50 and then 60. Yeah. I'll still be, I'll be at 28 and a half by then. <laughs> hey, um, right, okay, so tell me what you thought. Um, first and foremost, I just love Catherine Ryan. I absolutely love her. I love how, I mean, I know most female comedians are unapologetic and they kind of have to be. They have yeah. to be this, like, thick-skinned version of themselves because women aren't funny and um, they do get all of these weird little adjectives to describe them that basically want them to be more feminine, but then the more feminine that they are, the less funny they become. Um, She is really unapologetic and she's unapologetic about being sort of the, the things that, the things that you're not supposed to be as a woman. She loves pop culture. She loves the Kardashians. She loves getting fillers. She talks for a while in the book about her boob job. I mean, when you read the book, it's obvious that she gives a shit, but it's about things that are are just a bit more like substantial than she gets like called out for, I think. And yeah, I just fucking love her. I think she's fantastic. I think she's like 
what women should be. <laughs> Probably the least feminist thing I've ever said. That is what a woman should be. I think I made a mistake with the book. Normally, I don't read autobiographies because if it's somebody that I like, I want to listen to them read it to me. Mm-hmm. But then I got Rob Beckett's autobiography on, Audi- on Audible when he released it. And he talks a lot about how um, he has dyslexia and stuff like that. And he just, and you can just tell when he's reading this book that he's really struggling to read it and he's not delivering it as like the punchlines that are in there. He's just trying to read this book. Mm-hmm. And I just wish that I'd got the audible of the audio book of this, because I really wish I'd listened to Catherine deliver it because as much as I think her life story is fascinating and the stories that she tells in the world, some absolute zingers in there. I just wasn't a fan of the way that it was written Mm. i don't know it felt a bit like staccato but ultimately it's just made my love for her stronger and this unapologeticness that she applies to her love for her for pop culture it runs through everything in her life she's unapologetic about the love that she has for her daughter and how like and how much that overwhelms her and like she's unapologetic about the fact that she's had a string of very unsuccessful relationships and she's unapologetic about the fact that she had like not dire mental health because she doesn't have bad mental health but like periods of her life where it was shit and and there's one point in the book where she says like I wouldn't say my life got worse it just took on a new incarnation of the same level of shitness or something Mm -hmm. like that and I like that she's very honest there was this one line in the book where she's like talking about when she gets married and she says, you know, we we were walking around Tivoli Gardens, which is in Copenhagen. So she was getting married in Copenhagen, wearing a mint green Versace dress. And she was like, we were walking around in Tivoli Gardens. And then we just went for some high tea in the morning. Um, so it was nothing like out of the ordinary. <laughs> and I was like, pissing myself at that because I was like, that. She, it just seems like she goes from this girl that works in Hooters that was nothing out of the ordinary to somebody that walks around Tivoli Gardens on just uh, any random morning in a mint green Versace dress nothing out of the ordinary like everything that happens in her life she just seems to take in her stride even when yeah it does seem that things could be going better yeah it's done it's not it's just made me made me love her even more I agree I mean she's probably my favorite comedian so and she's just I just want to consume her and I mean that (laughs) (laughs) I just (laughs) dropped some red wine onto my white rug did you see my eyes? Yeah. I, I mean, like, leave it. oh, just leave it as a consumer rather than like, I want to eat her. But anything she does. I remember, <laughs> I think the first time I saw, I think the first time I really got to love her was when she did the show, How Do You Get So Rich? Which I think we've talked about on this before, mm. where she just ran around the streets with like a camera or cameraman and, um, ran up to people in Chelsea and said hey how do you get so rich and then because rich people just love showing everyone how rich they are they she would go back to their house and they would explain exactly how they got so rich she did it with Ashling Ashleen from Big Brother oh yes I remember that <laughs> yeah so this was probably probably eight years ago something like that and Can I interject quickly? yeah I knew about Catherine Ryan before everyone else oh I did yeah it's yeah, like me so... with Olivia Coleman. yeah she's my favorite comedian so just 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 as you're saying, and that was about eight years ago. I've known of Catherine for about ten years now. So, all right. Well, so well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what I was trying to think about. What it is about her? She's obviously ridiculously charismatic. She's extremely sexy, and I know that that's not 
what people should want to see but there's something about her energy that is incredibly attractive every in mm-hmm. every way I just find her extremely watchable and attractive and yeah definitely unapologetic and she just has this like unflappableness about her like nothing would get to her and she does joke about how she's got solid mental health and she also jokes about how she's missing the gene where people care about like caring about what people think about her but as you say it's obviously a different stage persona and persona at home and she cares she cares deeply about important shit but she is has got this real tenacity and does things her way and the stories of her traveling around the comedy circuit on her own with Violet as a baby she's incredibly what's another word for tenacious dogged (laughs) she's so dogged Uh, and she's audacious she's audacious but the thing is it's really hard well maybe it's not but it's hard for me talk about Catherine Ryan without probably falling into the traps that she that Mm. people fall into all the time and that she fucking hates because because there there's loads of women in comedy now but this it's nowhere near proportionate Mm-hmm. And she talks here in this book about how even a few years ago she tried to swap her gig with another person on the bill because she needed to go home or whatever to, or help Violet with some illness. And they said, oh, no, because then that'll make the day two woman heavy. Yeah. Uh, so it's really hard to discuss her outside of the context of her being a woman. But I mean, I'd, I'd find women funnier anyway. Like I'd, I love her because she's a woman. So I don't want to. You know, I don't love her because she's soft, but I do love her because she's a woman. So I'm not saying I don't, you know, like, I don't see yeah, gender. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely <laughs> do. And I choose to go and see women because I, I find that I think women and LGBT people, for, or, or gay, let's say gay men, I'll just speak for gay men. I'll speak for all gay men. No, I'll speak for me. <laughs> me as a gay man. My yeah. connection with women, I think there's so many reasons for it. But the one that I think is the most special is that in a room full of people, some of whom are straight men, some of whom are women, game people, whatever. I think there's just like this knowingness between women and gay people because they've experienced some sort of societal oppression, but mm-hmm. also have, this is totally stereotypical, so fuck off, but similar interests in lots of ways. And I think there's just this kinship and there's no threat between them. And Exactly. And that's, that's why I've just been completely drawn to women, not even necessarily femininity, but but women my whole life. So, and Catherine Ryan just completely embodies that for me. And I think she's an incredible spokesperson. She clearly cares deeply about helping other women in the industry. And I think what she has achieved, particularly as a non-British person, like coming in as as a Canadian Mm. woman onto this deeply patriarchal circuit with a completely different point of view, just swats up on all of this pop culture stuff and devours it so that she can be relevant and understand and, and absolutely kills it. And, I mean, I don't know if she's the biggest of her generation in the UK, but she's certainly one of them, like doing the Palladium. And I just really, really admire her. But again, is this feeding into a narrative of like, oh, I admire you because you're you're the only woman that's... But then I I think I'd say that about gay people. I'd say that about hopefully when there's a hugely famous trans comedian, like whatever. But yeah, I just think she's great. My one gripe with the book, Catherine Babe, if you listen, which I know you are, one or two too many exclamation marks from me. Were there? I don't think <laughs> yeah. I noticed that. That was loads. But I know, because I could hear it in her voice, I know what she was doing. She does yeah. this kind of like, it's not deadpan, it's yeah. 
she's got this she loves misdirection and when she does it it's just like, da, 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 da. and like yeah, exactly, there yeah. would be an implied exclamation mark but it's just reading them in books is you don't need it, to do. yeah yeah but I, I agree should have got the audiobook but I, I, I devoured it because I love her so much I would read whatever she puts well out. that was it I think it was just this because I think as well something that is quite impressive about her is that she has managed to achieve this level of success in her career where especially like women in the public eye and women that sort of present the way that she does which is like she does care about the way that she looks and she wants to look sort of like ultra feminine the feels as though there ought to be some kind of transactional element like we as the public seem to only be interested in women when they're giving us more of actually their private lives Mm. than than anyone else and I mean comedians are generally the people that are in show business that don't have to sacrifice that element of themselves but because she's a woman there is sort of that expectation where you're like "Mm, my interest in you is waning so either I need some looped leaked nudes Mm -hmm. (laughs) or I need you to tell me some incredibly personal details about your private life, essentially who you're shagging. That's what I want to know. And she has got to this point in her career without ever having to, well, without ever just giving that information up. Mm -hmm. So there was a part of me that felt quite like I was like a bit of a reluctant voyeur. I wanted to know this stuff, but I also knew that it was like at the expense of this, I know that she's written it, but at the expense of this career that she's forged for herself without giving us this. And I suppose the the, the good part is that it, she's given it to us. It's not ever been information that's been run by, by the press or whatever. Um, mm. She's been the person that's totally in control of her narrative. And that's quite like reassuring. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think what was the most refreshing part was that there was elements of the book that she touched like she touched on really private parts of her life but didn't ever completely uncover them and my immediate reaction was like oh no go on tell us more about there's an instance that happens that she says it's like one of the most threatening things that's ever happened to her and she was completely shaken and and it really changed a lot of her outlook and attitude towards life for a long time and she wouldn't name the person or she wouldn't give any sort of details of any of that incident. And my immediate reaction was, no, go on. Like, come on, give me that. And then I was like, wait, hang on. I'm I'm feeding into this narrative where, like, I feel as though there ought to be this, like, transactional element. It's like, I'll be your fan if you tell me yeah, yeah. the darkest secrets. And I quite respect the fact that she was like, you know what? This thing happened to me. It was really fucking shit. You yeah. don't need to know about it. I'd be like, and it was, I'm not going to tell you who it is. But it rhymes with Mary Shiles. Woolpeb. Yeah. I remember when we did that in primary school where we all, what's it called? A spoonerism? Where we, spoonerism, where you, yeah. And the whole class was pissing themselves. Like it was the fucking funniest thing that ever happened. My friend sometimes goes, oh, I'm hot nappy about that. <laughs> <laughs> That took me ages. <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, yes. I'll just read you my favourite bit. Just to interrupt you, less than a minute, apparently. Oh, fuck. Hmm. Right, we'll start another one. And baby. And baby. Right, my favourite bit, yeah. or one of my favourite bits, it made me laugh a lot. Uh-huh. But this one, I was on the train in Newcastle and I was proper pissing myself. So she's talking about when she was at college or like uni in Canada where did she go to uni Toronto maybe 
somewhere in Canada. Anyway, she was living with a flatmate called Catherine as well. Spelt the same. So they were called K-squared. And Catherine Ryan decides that she wants K-squared to audition for a Sean Paul music video. <laughs> I don't know why they're filming in Toronto. Maybe they do that in Canada. <laughs> it was basically an open call. And other Catherine was like, please don't make me do this. But Catherine Ryan was like, we are so doing this. And she seems to be like, she seems to, oh, Jesus, another Harley Davidson. Jesus. Right, hang on. Just oh, that. Can you hear that? Yeah. Jesus. And yeah, she seems to want to get into the entertainment industry in any way she can, which either she's a podium mm-hmm. dancer for music videos or she is going on reality TV shows or she is auditioning for a Sean Paul music video. So basically they're outside, they go inside, they realise that everyone in the whole place is a very curvaceous black woman, which is what you would expect from a Sean Paul music video. And K-squared had absolutely no fucking place being there at all. <laughs> Right, right. No, please, no. Right, that really sounds like a shootout. What is that? Right, is these fucking motorbikes who go down the road and it makes that oh, noise? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I could see that the producers had been taking girls into the conference rooms in groups and then sending them back out within minutes. We hadn't heard any music, so it's not like they'd been making people dance. They'll just want to take a look at us, I soothed, like our electric circus audition. That was some other thing she did for TV. A large black man wearing sunglasses bellowed K-squared and called us inside. They actually applied as K-squared. Catherine shot me a panicked look, probably regretting that she'd ever participated in the absolute indignity of this ridiculous nickname. Once through the door, we were confronted by a boardroom table filled with the 10 most underwhelmed and disappointed men I'd ever seen in my life. Little X wasn't actually there, thank the Lord, but his producer's patiently went through the absolute charade of letting us try out they asked us how old we are what kind of music we listen to and then either to punish his colleagues for some earlier infraction i knew nothing about or maybe just out of sheer curiosity one of them turned on some reggae music (laughs) and asked us to dance it's never appropriate to be the only person dancing in an otherwise static boardroom and in daylight no less but i was all in (laughs) so with a haunting smile on my face and courage in my heart i managed to wiggle around on the spot Catherine stood frozen, looking like she might cry. So I thought I'd ameliorate the situation by grinding against her a bit, just to bring her into the energy of the performance. <laughs> just imagining her standing like a statue and fucking Catherine Ryan grinding against her. With a wonder- <laughs> smile. I wondered when they'd stop the music, but it just kept going. <laughs> by about minute three, I was running out of moves, so I pulled up an empty chair. And incorporated it into my freestyle choreography like I'd seen the Backstreet Boys do. Oh my god, I was absolutely dying on the train. I fucking just love stuff like that. It reminds me of Daisy. Have you heard Daisy May Cooper's story of when she auditioned to be a stripper? Yes. <laughs> it's just that kind of vibes. I fucking loved it. So that was like my favorite part. I like the serious stuff too. I like getting to know our Catherine a little bit better. But my favorite bits was when she was auditioning for music videos and shagging her boss at Hooters. Yeah, do you know the she is just as much as she's obviously a very intelligent person and has some brilliant insights into a lot into a lot of topics. She's just the best at comedy, isn't uh, she? And when she just commits to a bit, uh-huh. even in the book, it's just the they were arguably the best bits. There were just a few one-liners that I highlighted that I just thought were just fucking hilarious. So I'm not going to give any context. I'm just going to read them out. 
The therapist told my mum to write a diary of all her memories, thoughts and feelings about the marriage, which I found and read with great interest. It was an absolute violation of boundaries and I'd do it again. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's talking about the family cat that they get and she's obsessed with this cat. Roxanne was famous in the neighbourhood where she roamed around making friends without ever running off as she was proud to remain our trophy cat. Also, Roxanne was trans. (laughs) When she's talking about dealing with grief. I think disassociation gets a bad rap and it's a pretty decent way of dealing with grief. Right. (laughs) Yeah, me too. This this one-liner. So this is when she's decided she was deciding that she wanted another baby, but she couldn't be asked finding a man. So she was Mm. just going to use a sperm donor. Mm. And I think it's the deadpan way that she delivers a comedy, even in this, even in a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's talking about how she was looking at all of these profiles and she was like, actually, I don't know if I want like a smart child. Like, I think that's actually just going to be a bit of a burden for them and for me. So I think I want a thick kid. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> she's like, she's yeah intelligence can be a burden that i worried might make a person more likely to experience mental anguish besides the documentary forest gump proved (laughs) how the documentary forest gump oh my god (laughs) and then the day that she was meant to marry her husband but that she did end up marrying her husband but we booked tickets but days before we were meant to leave i caught some kind of parasite from kissing the dog and got sick (laughs) Because the vet said you should stop kissing your dog because it's like ribbon a fox. I told that a bit of Michael last night because I was I was like Catherine Ryan kissed her dog and got a parasite. <laughs> the other bit I loved about the wedding was when Violet was really dramatic and wore those sunglasses looked like an Olsen twin because she was so <laughs> angry that they'd got married. Like how the leather jacket draped over her shoulders and yeah. wore a big pair of Chanel sunglasses oh. and sat in Tivoli Gardens. I'd love to meet that bitch. Yeah, me too. Ooh, what a like, legend. That weird. Loved it. Loved love, it. Love, love Catherine. Oh, and I mean, that cover. I know. God. I just love how she's holding a little doggy. She loves a teacup chihuahua, even though she that's does. not a teacup chihuahua. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Thanks, Catherine. We'll be coming to see you again. Can't wait to see the... <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. I just couldn't think of anything to say. Okay. Yeah. Love you, Catherine. Thanks for that. Love you. Okay, well, there's only one thing that we can talk about now, mm-hmm. and that is Eurovision. Eurovision, Eurovision, Eurovision. A toi, a moi, a toi, a moi. Do you get it? No. Because they say it to me, to you, to me. To me. Oh. <laughs> I've just come up with that now, and you said I wasn't a comedian. Ah. <laughs> Very fucking good. Do you think that? Do you think that got syndicated to friends? And like, I'm I'm <laughs> <laughs> oui, I do. I hope so. You know what? My, one of my favorite reality TV moments of all time is just hearing what? you say that. Is the Hills? Did you ever watch the Hills? Yes. Do you know Stephanie? Yes. <laughs> Stephanie Pratt. So she <laughs> she gets an interview. For People's Revolution, where Lauren works, <laughs> Lauren get, Lauren gets on this interview, and Kelly Catron, obviously like, the scariest person on earth, is interviewing her, and she's put on her CV. <laughs> she just speaks French, <laughs> and she, Kelly Catron goes, "Parle français?" No, c'est pas tu français, and she goes, "Ouais," like without thinking, and I just think it's funny because like, "Ouais" is like 
the, the confident like French way of saying we like yeah like yeah and she goes where and then Kelly Gatron starts speaking around French and she doesn't know what she's on about <laughs> and she just says that she's like I, I haven't done it for a long time <laughs> it's so so funny I used to hate Stephanie Pratt I know she had such a glow up though Mm, like if you when she made, in made in Chelsea, I was like, "Wow, you look great." Mm. She was, she looks a bit like Amanda Bynes, I think. Right, anyway, Eurovision. Wow, 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 wow. I've got to say, wow. as an enormous fan of Eurovision, I knew they were like one of the favorites, but I wasn't expecting such excitement. I really, really wasn't. It was almost too much to bear. I uh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I felt. I, I think that was the closest I've ever been to cardiac arrest. Uh huh. It was just absolutely exhilarating it was absolutely incredible i defy anyone who says that they don't enjoy that and what i love about it is i think it's having a bit of a resurgence because when i was young like i've i've watched it since the late 90s Mm -hmm. i weirdly enough the first year i watched it was 1999 which is Uh when the the year before 98 was the last time we did well so i've never seen us do well I think maybe like fifth or something was the best we ever did. But this was the first time. So that I've been waiting for this excitement for 23 years. But when I watched it when I was little, yeah. I even even as an eight-year-old, I was laughed at by everyone. I was laughed at mm. by my family. I was laughed at by yeah. the extended family. And I hope they weren't just laughing at me because I was clearly going to grow up to be gay. But it wasn't cool at that time as far as I was no. aware. And it really, I really think it's becoming cool again. It is 100%. I think we've got TikTok maybe to thank because mm-hmm. people are just embracing camp fun like they've never embraced it before. I mean, why wouldn't you? I've, I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I know, I know. Why would you not? Uh, but also the viewers, I guess it's because of the Sam Ryder bloke. I don't have TikTok, so I didn't realise how big of a star he was already. Mm. But So last year's viewers were something like 7.6 million and this year there were 10.4 like yeah, they've gone up ridiculous amounts Graham Norton going there are 10.4 million people watching this when there was insane yeah but no you know what I listened to the song when it came out I deliberately okay. didn't listen to any of the others because I want to be surprised and I thought it was good I thought it was solid I wasn't in love with it when I when I first heard it and I thought oh really is this going to be the song that makes us do really well but you know what his performance was absolutely enchanting. It, it was completely world... Wait, what's the word I'm looking for? It defied... I'm speechless. <laughs> Let's just go with that. Let's go with speechless. There was just something about his his voice is obviously absolutely incredible, but yeah. he just has this beautiful energy about him where I just want I just want to give him lots of, lots of cuddles yeah. and I want him to do really, really well. And yeah. that's, you know, you can't learn that. Our Sam Ryder has just got that in bag loads. No, spade loads. Spade loads, bucket loads. Mm. Um, yeah, he was lush, but I do, I will say that he wasn't my favourite performance of the night. Well, he was absolutely nothing on Spain. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spain. Was... I'm going a bit red thinking about it. I... I can definitely, I couldn't contain myself with Spain. That was. Oh, I wish we'd been together more than anything because I was hyperventilating, throwing up, being sick, crying, screaming, laughing, shouting. I'd never, but also doing it all silently because that was like nothing I've ever seen with my own two eyes. I just cannot believe that that moment has happened in my lifetime. I know. It was brilliant. And 
only comparable to Fuego Cyprus 2019, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah, she yeah. wore the, the cat suit. Yes. The spangly cat suit with all of that massive hair. Yeah, <laughs> it gave me those kind of vibes. But the no, spin was just brilliant. And did enjoy the Ukraine, enjoyed Greece. Thought mm. Greece was good. But it's just mainly the mad camp ones that I love the most. Yeah, exactly. There are fewer of those now because I think the rest of the world is taking it as a more taking it a little bit more seriously. So there's there's a fewer of the novelty ones. I think we're due a novelty winner soon. Yes. Did you notice the Rasmus? You what? The fucking Rasmus. What's that? I think it might have been Finland. So the Rasmus was very much in the emo stage of my childhood. Where What's Rasmus? I've been watching. I've been waiting. Oh yeah. In the shadows. So it was them. Are you joking? No. They performed. They fucking did it for Finland. I just feel like that's cheating. Was it from when Blue did it for us? Well, the thing is, in other countries, I think they have quite successful people do it. Do you remember when Tattoo really? did it for Russia? <gasps> um, they were actually shocking. I was devastated. Oh. They're Finnish, yeah. It was actually them. And you know what? He's not aged a day. Wow. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I was quite inebriated by that point. Yeah. To be honest with you, the last thing that I do truly remember was Spain. Who performed like third? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was like, well, it's not getting better than that, is it? I know. That's, that is what I thought. I yeah. drew France in the sweepstake, but I, was, I, threw, I threw all France paraphernalia out the window. I was like, Espanol? Si. Guess who I drew? Spain. Spain. And you know what? They're the true winners. Yeah, they so, are in my eyes. Yeah, certainly. so really, I'm going to ask for that 44 quid from the sweepstake. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, you know, I never used to get it when men would like get really really excited about football don't get me wrong Eurovision is just so much better in every sense Mm -hmm. like it's an actual performance Mm -hmm. but when the UK was that close to winning I I got it I fully got it I thought yeah yeah I could rip my shirt off and run through the streets and be a hooligan Mm -hmm. right now I get it the only thing is I knew because of the way that they do the votes now. I mean, when I was a child, number one, I don't think they had jury and televoting. It certainly wasn't separate if they did. And they used to go through every single score, which I yeah. loved because it made it like five hours long. And I just love statistics. So long. Like, yeah. I one that. point. And they would say it in French and English. But now because they combine all of the televoting, mm-hmm. it was deeply obvious that Ukraine was going to win. Yes. And... They actually got, I think that, so there's 42 countries that voted. They got 28 12s. Like yeah. it was just the most points I've ever seen. Unanimous. Anyone, not even just in Eurovision, just in like in the score in anything that yeah. anyone's ever gotten. So yeah, but I liked, I liked that we got that glory moment with the jury and that there was mm-hmm. just a, a slight chance that we might win. And Do you know, I do think that it would have been embarrassing if we had won. Yeah, it's not the year to win. No, it's the end right. second, if anything. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm fucking buzzing. Me too. It's just, and I just oh. think it's so good at unifying people. Everyone in the office talk office was talking about it today. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is exclusively women and gay men that work in my office. But would you want it any other way? God knows. Why do you think I work there? <laughs> and it was I on Saturday when I was working at the theatre and I was a supervisor. 
everyone that I knew was going to a Eurovision party I let them go early because I knew the import the importance of it and yeah that's good allyship I think so too yeah I just think it's unifying I wish it was I don't know I say that I used to say this about Christmas like I wish it was biannual but then would it would it be like when Love Island tried to be biannual well maybe yeah that didn't work Mm -hmm. but what I do think we should normalize more in our culture is number one maybe make it because what usually happens is they have the semi-finals on like the Wednesday and Thursday or something or the Tuesday and Wednesday and then there's a couple of days and I think maybe it's a couple of bang holidays because as far as I know I watch highlights of the semi-finals sometimes I didn't watch it this year because I didn't want to know who was the favorite I think maybe from next year I'll have the week off and I'll have session one on yeah. semi-final one semi-final two session two different themes maybe and then oh a God, huge yeah. blowout party on the Saturday and I think that 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 would maybe give me what I needed well I'll be there for all of them 100% I was actually going to move the conversation on from Eurovision and then I was like why would I do that well I was too but I think it's it's enough related because the other thing that I just think relates to the way I feel about Eurovision is that I went to see Little Mix <gasps> who I did not know were splitting up <laughs> yeah um oh how was that oh it was insane that was you remember it uh some of it I don't know whether I tell you this story but I think I might I hope I don't get anyone fired but it was right. just the best thing that's ever happened to us oh my god so we went to the O2 it was their very last very last venue anyway they did a couple of dates after they finished on Saturday but last time they were playing in London and and anywhere for now and it's obviously just banger after banger after banger because it's their last tour so even though it's the confetti tour they didn't do any of that album shite that no one cares about it was just all of the singles and I just knew every song <sighs> just and also I was worried that I was gonna look a little bit noncy going there because it would be all little girls and it was three mm-hmm. like 30 year old gay men but Jesus there was barely any kids there Bless yeah them. no it's yeah so that was great. And then we went to the bar. We'd already had some drinks by this point, obviously. Went to the bar. And if you I don't know if you've been the O2, but the bottles of wine are plastic and thin. Like so they can squishy squish. Yeah, but but thin, like long and thin. It's really weird. Anyway, oh. Yeah. Quite cool, but £32 each. And I was like, you know what? I know, but I've paid more than 32 quid for a bottle of wine. I was like, you know what? That's fine. We'll have a bottle of wine. That'll do for the rest of the concert. Uh, so Anthony orders three. The guy's like, "You got any cash?" And we were like, "What?" He said, "You got any cash?" Anthony was like, "Use, look at my cash, look at my cash, look at my cash." I had a fiver. I don't know why I never have cash. Uh-huh. Michael had thirty quid from his birthday, so he just took thirty-five quid and gave us three bottles of wine. Shut up! I know. In plain sight, it was like the world's most fabulous drug deal. I can't. Um, what? We didn't even why? ask because he obviously just took the cash for himself. Do you think? Oh my god. And you Legend. knew what was happening straight away. Well, yeah, it felt very, it felt People very like, oh, obvious. Oh, I know, I know what's happening. <gasps> Whoa, I'm going to start trying to do that at my job. I know. I mean, I don't, I'd, obviously, I'm, I'm guessing there's millions of people who work there and hopefully they'll never find out because I oh, really respect this guy. Maybe he was, um, what are they called? Not when they're temp, but they're like brought in. Agency. Agency. Oh, yes. What a legend. Thank you so much. That really made my night. Although I, I can't remember anything. I just sung eight. And also by the end, we were just drinking out of the bottle. So we just looked like oh, yeah. three horrible louts. I saw Little Mix live in 2011 when they won the X Factor. And I went to go and watch the X Factor live. Oh, did you? <laughs> like the tour. Yeah. That's it was my cousin's. It was my cousin's Christmas present. And my cousin was, so what was that, 10 years ago? My cousin was 
eight or nine and she got tickets to go and see the X Factor live shows for Christmas. And she, my auntie was like, who do you want to go with? And she was like, Sarah. Oh, was that Evie? No, Isabel. I was going to say, Evie's like 19 Evie. now, is she? No, I don't know how old she is. 42 or something. Mm. Um, wow, that is sensational. And I'm but, so jealous. And also, if I'd have known that it was the last one, how did that pop cultural moment slip me by? I actually don't know. I'd, because a lot of them a lot of them slip me by. I, I, I get my news by only following... 10 things that I really like and then just literally googling people's names all the time so I'll just google like little mix Serena Williams Kesha just to see what's going on with them uh, so um, I don't I don't know it was a big story what's happening in Kesha's life at the minute she's doing what she's doing all right she's doing like these weird cruises now she's doing like weird oh, wait, hang on. I don't cruises. know if I want because she she had a hard time didn't she recently so um... I absolutely love Kesha I've been to see her twice as well have you yeah she's good she licked my face there's a story we'll end this podcast on. Kesha licked my face. Fucking hell. So what happened was, went to see her in Birmingham mm-hmm. and it was class. Like, And I was young enough where it wasn't weird. We dressed up in like, American flags. Didn't realise the implications of that. But covered in glitter, like sprayed all of our hair red. I went with Stacey and Anthony. And I remember like the next, we went out the night of the concert and then we came. You can tell I'm old because I say concert. And then oh, we, went, <laughs> we went home and the, where the queue had been, the whole street was just completely covered in glitter. But anyway, so we, we left the gig and we're waiting outside to get various things signed. And she was taking a while. So I tweeted her saying, mm. get outside now. Something about sweaty balls. Something like oh, I don't know. Because I was like, that was the brand. And she tweeted back saying, wait there, I'm coming. I'll I'm going to lick the sweat off your face. And I was like, what the fuck? And I remember like, oh my God, Kesha's tweet, Kesha's tweet. And everyone was like, wow. And then she did, lo and behold, come out. And she was signing. And very where's Paul Webb? <laughs> well, no, so I got to the front and said, oh, I'm the one you've just tweeted. So you lick my face. But obviously I don't expect you to lick my face. And she went, I'll lick your face. And just licked <gasps> my face. Oh my God. Do you think when you went around the corner, she was like, quick, 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 pass the disinfectant? <laughs> or maybe that was the genesis of COVID. <laughs> you, uh, I've but... said it before and I'll say it again. You're patient zero. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was very thrilling. Oh, oh, good times. Oh, that is thrilling. Right. Should we move on to next week's back? Yes, let's. So first of all, can I just quickly say that the second this podcast is over, I'm going to get into bed and watch episode one of Conversations with Friends. Oh yeah, I haven't watched any yet. I've been watching Bling Empire, but let's not talk any more about TV. Yeah, we love TV. Okay, next week, Paul, we are going to be reading Detransition Baby by Tori Peters. Do you think that's how it's pronounced? Tori? I haven't even seen their name. What's it look like? Tell us how it's spelled. T-O-R-R-E-Y. Hmm. Tori? You know, oh God, sorry for another another tangent, but what I realised about, I'm going to say 15 years ago. Mm-mm. You know Jim Carrey? Yes. Right, how do you spell his name? Oh my God, C-A-R-R-E-Y. So, we would say Carrie. Now say yeah. Carrie in an American accent. Jim Carrey. Oh, that didn't work as well as I hoped it would. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey? Like, are they Carrie. just saying Carrie in a different accent? Oh. Because Mariah Carey is Carey, but is Jim Carrey Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey. No. Carrey. Jim Carrey. Jim... I still think it could be Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. 
that was one of those things where I thought it was going to be hook, line, and sinker. And yeah, I've that, been. I was, I was ready. I was really disproved. ready for that to work. Yeah. But... Anyway, I'm going to say a Tory. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say Tory. Um, yes. So Detransition Baby by Tory Peters, which has been recommended to us a handful of times now. It has, actually. It is a debut, which we love. Hmm. And Waterstones says. Navigating the complicated waters of family making and motherhood in the 21st century, this exciting and very funny debut follows the lives of three trans and cis women living in New York. So I'm not sorry. I'm, not weird. Me I'm buzzing. I was Googling New York cocktails earlier. Loads of like ones that we've already had. I'm not going to lie. I know. Okay. We're really having a. Scrape the bottom of the barrel, yeah. Aren't we? Um, I was tempted to do an apple teeny again, and I, and like a Manhattan has like a hundred different ingredients. What about? Oh, I'm gonna suggest something horrible. Oh, what is it? But I've got a horrible feeling that you're gonna quite like it. Well, great. Best a spiked Coke float. Are they a thing in America? Yeah, that's a great idea. When I was in Newcastle last week. Mm-hmm. Me and Michael went to this cafe next to my mum's house and this man who was proper like blokey in his 50s uh-huh. in this cafe on his own reading the paper. The uh-huh. woman brings over the tray. Yeah, Coke float. He's like, oh, cheers, pet. He's just sat in the cafe on his own drinking a Coke float. I just love shit like that. <laughs> so anyway, right. that, but what, just any spike? Yeah, whatever, whatever booze you've got. Right. Yeah. Stocked up. Actually, I stole loads of stuff. Uh, we've been... I'd say 80% of your mum's possessions. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So she was really cathartic, but uh, it was stole all of our alcohol as well because she doesn't drink. Was she happy about it? I think jury's out. The jury's out. Oh, dear. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Love you, oh. ma'am. Uh, yeah, maybe because how many? There are five districts of New York, right? I believe so. Maybe we should do five different alcohols. Yeah. One for each district. For Can you name them? Yeah, let's try. Um, we've got Manhattan. Mm-hmm. We've got Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. We've got Harlem. Yep. We've got the Bronx. Yep. And Staten Island. Yeah. Oh, check me out. Check me, check me, check me out. Yeah, so New York. Oh, Wait, why am I? Oh, because it's set in New York. I was yeah. like, why am I suddenly fixated on New York? <laughs> I'll be really fully recovered and back on comedy form. Yeah, hilarious always, baby. I want it to be a choice this time. <laughs> okay then see you next week love you love you bye 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 bye